0: Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Lift Church podcast. My name is Joey Adams. I'm on staff here and uh, part of the team. And I had the uh, privilege to preach on Sunday. And uh, what an amazing Sunday, first of all. You never know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. You really don't. And I shared this in my uh, sermon as I was preaching. But on Friday night, I, I had these bad anxiety dreams, like the type of dreams where, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but so I'm preaching on Sunday and I, and I can't tell you how many times I've preached and normally you sleep, everything's fine. But on this particular day, um, I had this vivid dream and people disrupted the service and I forgot what, you know, book and what verse I was preaching out of. I forgot, you know, my main points. I I forgot everything. And people, as I was struggling uh, to like find paper or find a Bible just to open it, people were leaving the sanctuary. And this was my dream. And so I woke up, I had all this anxiety. And, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for friends. I'm in a Bible study. We are on the Clubhouse app at Lift Church Global every night at 9 p.m. as we read through the Bible in a year. And there are teachers on that app that, that read the word with me. And I told them this dream, and they were all so encouraging. And it, it's like, you know, I, you've probably heard this before, but uh, they told me, listen, if you're having anxiety, odds are the Holy Spirit's going to show up and do something amazing on Sunday. And sure enough, uh, he did. And if I could speak one thing into your life early on, it would be this. Um, we all get anxious, whether you are giving a speech, whether you are preaching, sharing the gospel, whether you are going to work, you have an interview, uh, whether you're going on a date, um, whether you are meeting new friends, whether you are trying a new job out, whatever it might be, we all experience anxiety. And instead of going, anxiety is a weakness. Why don't we take anxiety when it pops up? and lean in to the Holy Spirit and trust that on the other side of anxiety, the Holy Spirit's going to show up and do something amazing. I can tell you this, in my life, it has happened almost every single time. Um, Anxiety usually leads to me relying on the Holy Spirit more and more, and when I rely on the Holy Spirit more and more, amazing things happen. You realize very quickly, by the way, that you cannot orchestrate as well as the Holy Spirit. Uh, We, you know, pastor a church here in Venice, Florida, and I I can't tell you how many people attend our church. Uh, Let's just say easily over 200 and less than 1,500. (laughs) Either way, um, I could not orchestrate everybody. Um, I could not plan. I could not uh, move people in the right position. I could not say, hey, you need to go here, you need to go here, you need to go here, and have it play out perfectly to meet everyone's needs um, and the church's needs and our world's needs simultaneously. And yet that's what our God does. That's what the Holy Spirit does, is literally you know, the 500 plus people that walk through the doors of Lift Church. The Holy Spirit knows every single person, their past, their present, their future, has orchestrated them to be here at this moment is orchestrating their lives to hear a certain sermon on Sunday and to hear a certain song in the car and is placed them in the exact right position that they need to be at the exact right moment. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year for all of their life. That, to me, when I've started to realize that, is a miracle, I think, that goes underappreciated. The orchestration of the Holy Spirit on individual lives, but also the lives of a community at large, whether it's a church or your neighborhood, the Holy Spirit orchestrating all of humanity simultaneously, all of their lives, every second of the day, to countlessly hear, I needed that at that moment. The Holy Spirit spoke to me at that moment. I needed this at that moment. How many times have you heard that? The Holy Spirit just spoke to me at the exact right time. I just needed this. I, would, I, I think I'd challenge all of us to just start believing that that happens every second of every day of every hour. Um, the Holy Spirit's orchestrating and leading, and there's a a surrender that happens in that when you give over to that, that is freeing. It, it is so freeing, and so that kind of goes in line, actually, with uh, my sermon, and I won't speak long. Uh, when I do podcast, I like to do it with other people, and it's just me today. Um, in the future, I don't know how many solo podcasts I'll do. Um, I know that I can only listen to me for a certain amount of time, so uh, I sure don't want to to make you listen to just me for a long time. So I'll I'll keep this pretty brief, uh, but I think it is worth mentioning because what I do like about the podcast format and us sort of recapping after a Sunday is, you know, we prep uh, whether it's a week, two weeks, it doesn't matter. For me, I had about a week to prep for Sunday, on top of everything else you do throughout the week. And so you you pray and you you say, Holy Spirit, what you know lead me. Uh, what do you you know want me to speak on and blah blah blah, and you start preparing this message, you get it together, and then you you do you practice it. I go over my sermons, I, I read them. Uh, for me, you know, to give you some really behind the scenes. I finish the sermon, I have it pretty much written um, on Saturday, like ready to send like a final edit, if you will. So I read it on Saturday because I'm usually home with my family. And then Sunday morning, I'll come in and I'll, I'll, I'll read it out loud. And nine times out of 10, when I'm reading it out loud, things change or a story pops into my mind or something like that. Um, and so Sunday morning I go over the sermon, and then when you get there, when you get to the pulpit, when it's time to preach, you sort of go, I've prayed, I've prepped, and now Holy Spirit, you just take over. And you sometimes go off your notes, you sometimes abandon your notes, and sometimes you stick to your notes exactly the way the Holy Spirit's been leading you all week. And so uh, that's sort of how I do it, and this Sunday was certainly one where you you read, you prep, you write, you pray, and uh, then you get there. And you just follow your heart. There's There was a moment, I, I don't think I had looked at my notes. And if you watch the first service, I think I go back to my notes and I just go, I wonder where I'm at out loud. I say it out loud. And I go, this is a good spot to pick back up. And I literally just jump in and it flowed so perfectly. And it's just a, a testament to how the Holy Spirit was working on Sunday. And so... Uh, Real quick before I dive into it, I I always want to give thanks to the worship team, the people that served at church on Sunday, Um, countless times, countless times people come to Lift Church and they say, I felt like family, like I felt like I was seen, and we have some people who are amazingly gifted by God, who we are blessed um, God has called to Lift Church, Um, they, they work in the kingdom with us on Sunday and they truly make people feel at home. The people at the coffee bar, the greeters, the ushers, people on the safety team, the prayer team, everybody putting in work on Sunday. Um, just amazing, just amazing to set the atmosphere before people even step into the sanctuary. And then you have the worship and and worship is just phenomenal. There's a song that we sang on Sunday. And I think it's called "We Crown You." I don't know. I I do not know worship songs. I do not know notes. I do not know those things. If if you ever want to, if you get to this far in the podcast, and you want to to have a good laugh with me, talk to me about anything musically related. I don't know the names of worship songs. I sometimes don't know the words of worship songs. I don't know what key they're playing in. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I just know that I I love God and I worship God and 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 I you know. Sing along and direct my heart towards God, but there's this song called "We Crown You," and I'm not emotional. I I rarely tear up. I only tear up if I'm usually talking about my daughter. That that'll get me to cry, but other than that, I don't really tear up too much. And uh, for some reason, both services, that song starts, and I just I just start crying. And it's this image of Jesus enduring you know the shame of the cross and taking the stripes and just this image pops into my mind and I'm just, I'm just crying. And, and I think at that point I was like, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to do something great. (laughs) You just start to rely on the Holy Spirit a lot. And so, because it was the last song I was going up shortly after. And so, uh, worship was just amazing and really touched my heart. So thank you to the, the worship team. Um, then we, you know, celebrated baptisms. We had a slideshow of baptisms and, handful of people gave their life to Christ and took the step of baptism, and I think that's just phenomenal. We're going to continue to uh, press into baptism, talk about baptism, and uh, celebrate baptisms here at Lift Church and that step of discipleship. Um, and then I preached, and I'll be honest, this is the topic of the sermon is something that uh, I certainly did not begin. Um, I am standing on the shoulders of people like James K. Smith and others I was introduced to. Um, and uh, some, some other theologians who really, you know, um, talk about education through experience, if you will, the totality of the human body, not just your mind, you know, not just about getting your mind correct, but almost living it. And I know we say that, and you go, well, I think I live it. Um, and what I found is a lot of times we think we live it, but we we compartmentalize a lot of things in Christianity. And I don't know if we've totally let our entire selves go to Jesus Christ. And I'm speaking to me personally. Uh, I, I I tried to think about Jesus a lot, um, and and I I believe he, you know, transformed my heart a long time ago, and I, and I believe that I was saved a long time ago, and um, I experienced that gift of grace a long time ago. And so it's not to say that, but it it certainly was a learning curve, a long learning curve for me to stop thinking about Jesus so much and allow my total self to love Jesus and be loved by Jesus so much. What I mean by that is I, I, I personally do not have a duality that a lot of people live by. And I'll, I'll tell you what I mean by that. We have a conversation about flesh and spirit often. I hear it in in many circles. And I generally know what people are talking about. And they're talking about the right thing. But we, we use phrasing so often that at times it can start to become unhelpful. I'll tell you what I mean very briefly. When I hear conversation that... Uh, around, you know, this aspect of my flesh and my spirit are at war with one another. Or, you know, there's two beasts that live inside of me. One is bad and one is good. Um, We typically just say, you know, my flesh is at war with the spirit. I want to worship God and spirit and truth. I need my flesh to die. And we say those things, and I generally know what you mean. You know, we're human, so we have these urges and desires that are contrary to the kingdom of God. And we certainly would not give Jesus credit for those desires. When I want to steal from a store because I don't have any money, but I want that object, I certainly wouldn't, you know, say, Jesus wants me to steal. And so the only way we can sort of wrap our minds around it is by saying, well, my flesh wants to steal. But if I, if I listen to the spirit, then I'll do what Jesus wants me to do. And, um, we sort of have this duality that lives inside of us. And I began to wrestle with it. You know, I wrestled with the idea of when we experience salvation, when we experience the the gift of grace from, you know, Jesus Christ and the fact that he died and rose again and we confess him as Lord and Savior, did he only die for half of us? You know, not, did he only die for half of me? Is there still evil within me that he didn't die for? Am I half saved, half unsaved? How do, how do I even begin to wrap my mind around that? And then how do I wrap my mind around that biblically when Christ says that when you are in Christ, you are a new creation? And by the way, I'm, we're not given any indication that that new creation is <laughs> evil like the one you just came from you know so what is what does it mean to be a new creation in Christ and simultaneously know that not everything i want to do seems Christ like that to, to me is this this wrestling that occurs how am i a new creation in Christ how am i saved by the grace of god redeemed by the blood of jesus christ how am how am i in that room where the, the Passover occurs where the blood's on the door and, and the angel of death comes by and doesn't stop at that door. How, how does that blood redeemed me now? How has the grace of God redeemed me? How am I saved and what does it mean to be a new creation? And I really believe this. I, I don't believe that part of me was saved. I believe I was wholly saved. I believe every part of my body was saved. Every part of it, the, the, the skin, the heart, the brain, everything became new. And immediately you begin to think like I did because we're in the West. Well, if that were true, we wouldn't age. (laughs) There's decay that still occurs in our body. You know, we still have these desires. And, And here's what I find interesting about the conversation because we're so tuned and we're so oriented to focus on the flaws That we speak to the flaws more than we speak to the new creation. I'm just going to let that sit over you for a second. How come we find ourselves talking to the flaws more than we spend time talking to the new creation? Here's why, I believe. We focus on the flaws so that we can fix them. When you look in the mirror... Or when you look at yourself or when you look at you and you go, I want to assess me, what you are doing because you've been programmed to do it is look for the flaws. What am I failing at? What am I not good at? And you focus on it. And then you go, I want to focus on what I'm not good at so I can fix it, so I can bring it up to par with the new creation. And then what you try to do is you try to put steps in place to fix your flaws. You try to go, if I do X, Y, Z, I won't steal as much. If I do this, I won't give in to the flesh. And and here's the problem is we've tried that for a very long time and it hasn't worked. We've found ourselves depressed. we found ourselves isolated. We have found out that we, in fact, as humans, (laughs) cannot work ourselves into being a new creation. Can't do it. It's like a, it, it's almost like you became a new creation and then you you had these habits of your old self that you just can't get rid of. <laughs> and what I mean by that is trying to think or work your way into a new creation. And so my heart is this, and the heart of the sermon was this, is that when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life. When you make that declaration, when you truly invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, and what I mean by that is allow the Holy Spirit, not you, to transform your heart, which is Romans 12, do not conform to the world, but be renewed by the transforming of the Holy Spirit. When you let the Holy Spirit do the transformation and you focus on the new creation and you remind yourself that you are in fact a new creation in Christ and you remind yourself that you are a tree that bears good fruit and you remind yourself that you are a follower of Christ and you remind yourself that you are a daughter or son of the most high God. When you remind yourself that you are robed and clothed of righteousness. When you remind yourself that your name is written in the book of life. When you consistently remind yourself of those things, you will find that the brain follows. And that is that is something I will continue to work on and and morph, but but it is it has been my experience that we have tried to do it the opposite way for so long. We stop focusing on on what we are and we start focusing on our flaws and we try to fix them ourselves. Instead, my challenge to you today is this, focus on how Jesus sees you, focus on how God sees you, focus on how the Holy Spirit is transforming you, and that you are loved fully and wholly. You are so loved by God. And, and I'll say this, I think what really sparked it for me is, I won't venture too far on for this because this could be like part two of this podcast. But um, there is a teaching that says that we are still stuck in an Egyptian mindset. And what they mean by that is this, is that the Israelites, while they were in Egypt, found their worth in how many bricks they could produce. They found their worth in how much they could work, how much they could do. Your family was fed by how much you can work. Your family was fed by how many bricks you can make. Your entire worth as a human was found in your production. And that is why God says, you know what's really important to me? Is that you rest. Why? Not because you even need it. It's not because you're you're tired and you really just need a day off. He says this because your, your, your value in me is not found in what you can produce. It is simply found in the fact that I am. And when you really begin to understand that, you will begin to speak to the new creation more than your flaws. I, I'm wrestling with this. I I, I love sleep, so I, I'm doing a thing, and I'll end with this. So I've started this year, um, starting my day sort of in, in the Jewish tradition of my day starts at nighttime. So I'm. It's for me, it's 9.30, and so it's a continuation. My day actually started around 10.15 last night, and this is sort of midday for me. Why is that? This is the first thing I've done today. In many people's eyes, you wake up, you get to work, and this podcast is the first thing I'm recorded. so this starts my day. No, 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 no. My day starts when I fall asleep. Why? This is, this is the biblical teaching of the Sabbath. Because while I'm not doing anything, while I'm completely at rest, while my body is completely shut down and sleeping and and re-energizing and doing nothing, God loves me. God loves me at that moment. At 1 a.m. with my eyes heavy asleep, and I'm dreaming of chocolate, all-you-can-eat chocolate for no reason. I don't even like chocolate. While While I'm dreaming of being able to fly like Super Mario... God loves me. No more, no less than when I wake up. He loves me. So why do I put all this pressure on myself from the moment I wake up to earn God's love that has already been so evident in my life since my day began at 10, 15 p.m.? And I I want you to think about that. I want you to reach out if you have any questions about that. I I pray that you begin to really understand how much God truly loves you and how much you are a new creation in Christ. And on Luke 6, 43 through 45, those are the verses we preach from. You know, we struggle with, am I a good tree that's producing good fruit or a bad tree that's producing bad fruit? Because sometimes I feel like I'm producing bad fruit. No, no, no. Read the entire context. Read the New Testament. Sometimes we are good trees that keep telling ourselves we're bad trees for no reason. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. If you are a new creation, you are a good tree that will produce good fruit. I said this in my sermon. We always confess, we worship, we study the Word. Confess, worship, study the Word. If you continue to do that, if you continue to delight in the law of the Lord, if you continue to delight in God, if you continue to worship and love and speak to the new creation, you will see that those, those fleshly desires you speak about will fade. Not because of anything you've done, but simply by the power of the Holy Spirit. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, uh, to simply sit back and, and listen to a recap in my heart of where Sunday came from. I hope you have a great, great day whenever you're listening to this. I would love to pray over you just briefly. Lord, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know if it's in their car, on a walk. I don't know if it's years from now or next week, whatever it might be, Lord. I don't know if one person listens or, or hundreds. It doesn't matter. You know, God. I pray that you would remind them right now how loved they are, that they are, in fact, a new creation if they are in Christ, and they are a good tree. It might be a season... But a season's coming up, winter always turns to spring. It might be winter for some people, but spring's around the corner and you will produce good fruit. Speak and remind yourself that you are a new creation in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.